0: Good to welcome everyone here. For those who are online, it's good to have you uh, joining us this morning. Um, I had an uh, ethical dilemma last night at about 11.30. Ash Barty was 4-3 down in the second set, and I thought, do I stay up and uh, watch right through to the end and go to sleep in my sermon this morning, or do I go to bed and make sure I'm wide awake? So I chose to go to bed, but I found out she did win, and... Uh, For those who are into the tennis, there's there's obviously a big milestone: 40-year drought being broken. Australian woman winning uh, at, at 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 Wimbledon, and Ash Barty is someone who knew right from four, five, six years old, she knew what she wanted to do in life. She knew her purpose and she's quietly pursued that throughout her life and finally achieved her goal. And I want to say this morning, after this morning's sermon, each of you are going to know what your calling is and what God's purpose is for you. As we look at the wedding banquet that God has called us to, uh, um, as we uh, look at what God is saying to us this morning, uh, it'll become clear um, nobody can go from this place knowing what God wants. want of you and what your purpose is uh, in his kingdom. Um, And one of the things that... uh Uh, that I enjoy and Rebecca and I feel very honoured is when we get an invite uh, to a wedding and uh, a few weeks ago we got an invite to one of my nieces wedding Uh, it's going to be at a winery she's marrying the son of the owner of the winery Uh, it's going to be a great celebration I forget the name of the winery I don't know where it is so there's a sense of anticipation and uh, just knowing uh, uh, what's going to happen as we gather uh, to celebrate uh, the the love of uh, these two people um, and looking forward to a a special meal, a special time, uh, meeting friends and uh, conversation um, and just celebrating the love of two people. And uh, and that whole sense of uh, being valued and um, feeling as though when you get a wedding invitation, it's it's significant uh, to receive the invitation. You you feel affirmed. You feel uh, encouraged that the couple want you at their wedding. It's the place where they uh, want you to join with them in celebrating their love, something that I look forward to. Um, and... Uh, your presence is important to the couple. If they've invited you, your presence is important. They want you to join them. And it, it's it's just a real affirmation to have uh, that invitation. And this morning, we're looking at the final message in in the series on the table, uh, where this morning we're looking at how the Lord's Table, the communion we, we share together regularly as God's people, points to to an eternal banquet that God has invited us us to. We've got, and I want to thank all those who have brought uh, something for the homeless in Adelaide. Uh, This morning, it's a beautiful display of things, some things down the front, blankets, sleeping bags as well. Uh, The scripture says that those who are kind to the poor uh, glorify God. And just your act of bringing something for those in need is bringing glory to God. It's an act of glorifying God and in your daily lives. It's not just in songs and worship and uh, in gathering like this. It's as we uh, do what God has called us to. And just uh, in Proverbs, it says that those who are kind to the poor, poor are glorifying God. And I just want to affirm that and thank you uh, for those who have brought things this morning. There's an opportunity every week. There's a Westcare um, uh, uh, box at the door where you can bring bring something every week if you uh, feel you would like like to do that But this morning, as we look at the wedding feast of the Lamb, the marriage supper of the Lamb, that the bridegroom is preparing for us, that Christ himself is preparing for us, we're going to look at Revelation, just a few verses, Revelations 19, 6 to 9. And uh, let me just read those verses for you this morning as we look at this wedding banquet that we anticipate that we are going to enjoy. Starting at verse 6, Uh, It says, And I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and and like loud peals of thunder shouting hallelujah for our Lord God almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him uh, glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And the fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. And then the angel said to me, "Write: blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And then added, These are the true words of God. And then it goes on to say, I rescued that one. Then it goes on to say, in Isaiah 25, in the Old Testament, a reference to the same banquet, and it says these words On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats, and the finest of wines. And on this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples and the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears. From all faces, he will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth, and the Lord has spoken this. The multitudes in heaven in the revelations are praising God in his presence as they are gathered for the wedding banquet that is described in in Revelation. If we're going to understand, and I think as we look. ...to see what this is all about. Um, God has some things to say to us this morning. And as we look at the major elements of a wedding in the Jewish culture at the time of Christ... It helps us get a sense of what God has called us to as his people. Uh, and we are the bride of Christ. And uh, I think as we look at the marriage uh, that would take place in a Jewish culture, it speaks powerfully to us about God's calling on each of our lives. And there's three major elements. I could go into great detail with Jewish words about all the different elements and detail of different things, but I've, I've just summarised it in three key elements uh, of a marriage in a Jewish culture. Culture. And first of all, there's a marriage covenant, uh, which uh, there's a contract that would be signed between the bride's parents and the groom's parents. And they would. it was largely an arranged marriage, but often the bride would have a choice as well. We see that in the Old Testament, um, where different ones had an opportunity to decide whether they would respond to the invitation. But a marriage covenant was put in place and arranged where it was agreed that the marriage was going to take place. And then the bridegroom would also sign uh, to agree that he was going to marry his bride and um, and he would also pay a dowry to the, to the father of the bride who would usually pass it on to the bride or he would give it straight to the bride. He would bring a dowry, a down payment for his bride. And then, uh, uh, the, in a sense, that was like what we would call an engagement. But if you... Broke off your engagement in the Jewish culture. It's like, well, remember Mary and Joseph? Joseph was going to divorce Mary. He was engaged. He was betrothed. The dowry, the down payment had been made. Was all arranged. And then he thought maybe this isn't going to be going to work out. And he wanted to get a divorce. But uh, God revealed uh, to him to not to go ahead with that. And uh, and and he obviously stayed with Mary. Uh, but the groom during this time once the once the uh, if you like the contract was signed sealed and delivered as in the agreement was made then the bridegroom would go back to his home to prepare for his bride Think about what Jesus is doing at the moment. The bridegroom would go and prepare his home for the bride. And it might be a year or it might be longer. Um, um, and the bridegroom's father would decide when the bride when the groom would come to meet his bride. And that brings us to the second element: the contract, the engagement, the commitment, the arrangement that the wedding is going to take place. And then, and this was a, a fresh revelation for me as I looked into a Jewish wedding, uh, that the, um, the there was a the bridegroom would, at a time determined by the father, when the when the when the when the home was ready for his bride, would would go in a midnight uh, torchlight parade to bring the bride and her bridal party to his home for the wedding banquet. And so at some point um, they would go through the streets of whatever town and city they were in and often it would be the bride would know at some point that the bridegroom's coming. So they know, the bride would know and so she would be prepared and being prepared and so she would always be ready for him to arrive. And often the bridegroom would, there a trumpet would sound as he went through the streets to let the bride know that, um, that, that the bridegroom was on his way. <clears throat> And then uh, the bridegroom, accompanied by all his male friends, would gather the bride and her attendants and they'd march through the streets in a candlelight uh, parade um, back to the bridegroom's home uh, for, for the wedding banquet that he had and that was prepared for them. And the bride would be ready so that she wasn't caught off guard. Um, and uh, the, the parade would go back uh, to uh, the bridegroom's home. Remember the parable of the ten virgins. I, I won't read the whole, whole parable, but you know what Jesus said, how there were ten virgins, and then suddenly they, they hear the announcement that the bridegroom's on his way, and then... Uh, five of them uh, were ready. They trimmed their lamps. They were ready, and I used to wonder what that was all about. I just thought, oh well, the bridegroom's coming, and for some reason they need their lamps. But the fact that the the culture of the time, the the people would have known exactly what Jesus was talking about, um, and five of them, wanted they their their lamps weren't. They didn't have oil in their lamps, and they weren't ready for the bridegroom to come. And it says in verse 6 of Matthew 25, just reading a couple of verses, it says, At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. And then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some oil, uh, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and for you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. And then it goes on to talk about uh, how important it is to be ready and have oil in your lamps. And I, I looked into what does this oil mean? And often in the scriptures, the oil is... is a is a symbol if you like of the holy spirit but it's also a symbol of preparedness so the whole idea of oil in your lamps is being prepared for the coming of the king but it also refers i think to the holy spirit who when we come to faith every believer has a holy spirit in their heart they might be quenching the spirit they might be grieving the spirit they might be obeying the spirit um they may forget that the Spirit indwells them, but if you're a believer, the Spirit indwells you. You are signed, sealed, and and covenanted to the bridegroom to be his forever. And so, um, the if you like, the oil of the Spirit indwells every believer. And I guess if you don't have oil in your lamp, you you simply believe and come to faith, and the Spirit indwells you, and, uh, and you will be ready when the bridegroom comes. But then once... Uh, Once that parade has taken place and the bride uh, and her attendants and the bridegroom and all his attendants and all the guests are gathered for the wedding banquet, um, then is the third element of a marriage in the Jewish culture is the feast and marriage supper, the the feast and celebration uh, of the wedding. I don't know whether you're aware, but the Jewish faith... Uh, is one of the most celebratory uh, joyful faiths uh, they would constantly be having parties and celebrations one of the tithes was to save up for a, for everybody to party and celebrate what God had done and his deliverance for them and many of the celebrations and uh, would not not just be for one day they would go on for a week or even longer sometimes and they were constantly celebrating God's goodness what God had done, remembering what God has done and and celebrating Uh, those things and even um, the weddings would often, we have a wedding and you have the ceremony and a uh, bit of a break and then you all gather for a, a bit of a, a, a when I say a bit of a sounds putting it putting it down as a, 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 a minor event but you have this amazing meal and you you celebrate with the bride and groom and uh, you eat a meal and some of them might go to one or two or three o'clock in the morning but often they finish around 11 midnight well the ones that I've been to I may come go to fairly tame weddings but anyway the celebration is usually all over in a day but the Jewish culture they'd spend a week celebrating and partying and celebrating the love uh, of the couple who had been married and this is the this is the third element um, that we look forward to this amazing wedding banquet where our bridegroom christ himself is waiting for the father's nod if you like to send him to come and bring us into his banqueting house uh, forever. And I guess as we look at this wedding banquet that we're invited to, I want us as God's people individually but also corporately uh, to realise that we are the bride of Christ. You are the bride of Christ. We together are the bride of Christ. Jesus has purchased us with his blood. We are his bride. We are uh, his eternal um, bride who's going to be with him forever. He shed his blood on the cross. He's uh, brought us into his uh, arrange. Uh, the covenant is in place that we are his children. He's currently preparing a place for us. Not, uh, yeah, we don't know a lot of the detail about what that's all like, but we know he's preparing for us to be with him uh, for eternity. And then the future, we don't know the time. Jesus said, only the father knows. Do you see how the significance of that in the Jewish culture it was only the father of the, of the groom who would determine the time when the groom would go and gather the bride? Well, the Father's going to give the nod to Jesus at some point and he's going to come and take us uh, to be with him and the dead in Christ will rise first and we'll be caught up to be with the Lord forever and join him in that eternal, intimate communion and celebration. We were created for intimacy and communion with the living God and we await that time. We're engaged. We enjoy the love of an engaged couple, if you like. We do all we can to uh, to please the groom, if you like, in our season of waiting for the fullness of what God has promised. John's not skipping the, in Revelation passage, he's not skipping the, the first part of the wedding arrangements where the covenant was in place. Christ has done that on the cross. And uh, we are waiting for the second coming, which is the second part of, if you like, the wedding image for what we're looking at and the wedding banquet. And then John goes straight to talk about um, the, the, the wedding banquet that we are all uh, looking forward to. But think about this for the moment. You are engaged to spend eternity with the living God. Now, think about an earthly couple who are engaged. They look forward with great longing uh, to the wedding day and they're spending their life together. But you are engaged uh, to the living God and you are here, uh, if you like, to prepare for uh, his coming. And this third stage uh, of the wedding, where the wedding banquet takes place, we will enter into, at the moment we... We have ups and downs in our relationship with God. It's the reality of our own fallenness and our brokenness. but we keep, uh, if you like, hopefully we keep coming back to that communion and intimacy with God. But we are we're looking forward to that time where all the things that can uh, tarnish and stain our relationship with God and cause a feeling of distance from God will be put aside and we will uh, be internal communion um, and the... Uh, the fullness of what God created us for when he put us in the garden and put us on this earth uh, to have communion, not necessarily in some place distant in some location outside of this world, but in the fullness of uh, God's presence in a new creation and a new, uh, <clears throat> a new cosmos when God creates all things new. But every born-again Christian is invited to this banquet Every person will be, sorry, they will be invited at the, will be present at the banquet, but every human being is invited uh, to this banquet. In Matthew uh, 22, we all know uh, the story of the, of the wedding banquet where, um, and it was Jesus pointing the, if you like, uh, poking the bear of the, of the Pharisees at the time, um, and they were the ones who were first invited, if you like, to to this eternal communion and to uh, the wedding banquet that uh, Jesus was preparing. Um, And then as the parable, as you know, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the parable, They said, some said, I've just bought a cow, I've bought a farm, I'm very busy, I've just married a wife, I've got all these things happening that um, they turned down the offer of eternal communion with the living God. And then, uh, and I'll read a couple of verses from verse 8 of Matthew 22. Um, and the king who had invited everybody to the banquet said the wedding banquet is ready but those I invited did not deserve to come and I've got my note here they chose other things as more important than communion with the living God so go to the street corners go to the homeless invite the banquet anyone you find so the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find the bad as well as the good and the wedding hall was filled with guests at the wedding banquet, everyone is invited, and we are his servants. And let's send the invitation out. Let's be inviting people into eternal communion and into the grace of God and into the to 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 look forward to this eternal banquet where we come uh, into God's presence perfectly forever. Let's declare, if you like, the bridegroom's love for all of humanity that he longs for them to join the banquet. Let's be those who invite people um, uh, to to the banquet. And so as uh, the the challenge that we have um, is that uh, we realise that we are invited and that we accept the invitation. Very rarely, except in very dire circumstances, do people usually uh, decline a wedding invitation. But for some reason an invitation to the wedding banquet of the living God who loves us, who created us for communion and intimacy with him. So many uh, that probably don't realise what they're turning down, but they turn down the invitation to, uh, to eternal communion and uh, being loved by the eternal God. We've brought, and I... Beautiful display here of the things that we've brought that will be taken down to the uh, food hub at, uh, at Westcare. And it, and all this food, and uh, I can see in those uh, these, uh, uh, boxes of chocolates here, there's some things that are going to really bless the homeless. Oreos are really important, I think. But uh, all these things, if you like, uh, are going to sit there in the food hub. The word will be out on the streets of Adelaide, meaning it's out there now, and people are doing this all the time. Churches are sending um, goods down to be given to the poor, but they have to make a choice to come and receive what's on offer. If they don't come, they'll they just never receive uh, the blessing of what's available uh, to them. So um, let's send out the invitation. Let's invite people. Uh, let's spread the word that God... The bridegroom is inviting them to eternity uh, with him. But secondly, the other key thing that I want to leave as a challenge. One, accept the invitation. But the second thing is, as we accept the invitation to the wedding, uh, let's prepare well. Prepare for the wedding banquet. Prepare uh, as a bride does for her wedding. When my three daughters got married, when Hayley, Narelle and Rachel got married, uh, we had three daughters under three, uh, we had 3 21st, three engagements and three weddings in two years and a line of credit home loan which I just paid off when I sold my house. But when my daughters got married, when each of my daughters got married, I saw how they prepared for their groom, for our son-in-laws. So they wanted to look beautiful on the day of their wedding attention to the dress, attention to the hair, attention to the shoes, attention to all sorts of things uh, that uh, would prepare them uh, for uh, their bridegroom. And for us, God calls us. We are his bride. We are called to prepare, if you like, for the wedding banquet that we've been invited to. We are the bride at the banquet individually, but also corporately as God's people. We are the bride who is called uh, looking forward to that banquet, and we need to prepare uh, well for that banquet. My eldest daughter, when she got married, she had a, a wedding dress with a zip up the side, and 30 minutes before the wedding, the zip didn't come undone. The zip broke. Now, if you know anything about zips, you can't just fix them in a hurry. So as soon as that happened... Um, my first wife, Lynn, um, my other daughters and the bridesmaids, um, flew into action. And I don't know if any of you are farmers, how you know how you stitch up a a wheat bag, you just sort of sew it like this. They found some white cotton and, uh... They stitched it up and you could hardly tell they stitched up the wedding dress so that she looked beautiful for the wedding day Uh, and I don't think anybody noticed uh, what had happened Um, and she was able to look beautiful Uh, and she did what needed to be done to fix what she saw wasn't right and the reason I tell you that story is because God by his spirit will convict you of things that are not good in your life that won't be good if the bridegroom comes And those things are still part of your life. And not only you, but those around you, we step in to help each other, to prepare and to be a beautiful bride uh, when Christ uh, comes again. And I want to say that it's not a sense of earning God's approval any more than any bride seeks to um, establish the relationship by being good enough. I'm sure any bridegroom no matter what the bride wore, what she turned up in, would see this beautiful woman that they love. And no matter what we look like, however good or bad we've prepared ourselves, in God's grace, he will see us through the eyes of his love and his grace. And we will be a beautiful, radiant bride because of what Christ has done. But that's not an excuse to just live in ways that in, if you like, we are an ugly bride because we're not preparing and there's a whole lot of things we could have done that we haven't done. You'll be seen through the eyes of Christ. You'll be radiant and beautiful in the eyes of God. Remember that. But prepare. Live your life to prepare for the wedding banquet that God has called you to. And just as a bride who prepares for a wedding, um, what she's doing is love's response to love. She prepares well because she knows she's loved by the bridegroom and she loves the bridegroom. So she does all she can to be prepared for the wedding. And in our relationship with God and that's why you know some of the songs that talk a lot about God's madly in love with you some people question the theology of that but there's a sense in which um, not in some earthly sense but God is madly in love and he he wants you as his bride he wants you uh, to be in intimate communion and fellowship with him throughout all eternity And our preparation, the things we do in our lives, the decisions we make to live godly lives, to honour the poor, to care for those in need, to do justice, to love mercy, to love kindness and to walk humbly with God, all those things, uh, when they're seen in our lives, are are part of our love's response uh, to love for our bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And we need, as I said, each other to help us in that. The Thessalonians were an example of people who made choices to be prepared for the bridegroom who is coming. In 1 Thessalonians 1, 9 and 10 it says, For they themselves uh, report what kind of reception you gave us. This is Paul writing. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And I've got this in capitals in my note. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. So they made choices to live lives that were honouring to God, uh, that would um, prepare them for Christ's coming. Then in Romans 13, 11 and 14, it talks about putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. So often we just put on a set of doctrines, we tick the boxes and we say we believe certain things. And I know people who say they believe all the right doctrines, but they're a pedophile or they're having an affair or they're doing all sorts of things that are not reflecting the love of Christ. And so we are called to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And not saying sound doctrine is not important, but we put on the living Christ, his character, his ways. It says in Romans 13, Besides this, you know the time and the air has come for you to wake from the sleep, for salvation is nearer the coming of the bridegroom, to us then when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarrelling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify his desires. There's so much fighting and division amongst God's people over all sorts of things. And often even when we might have the truth, you attach pride to that, we divide the body of Christ and we, we are, we're an ugly bride, if you like, uh, when we do those things. So as we um, remember that you are engaged, you are the bride of the uh, King of Kings, you are the bride of Christ himself. He is coming to bring you to the eternal banquet, into his eternal home, where you will live in intimate communion with the living God for all eternity. You are seen and you are pure and holy in His sight because of what Christ has done. Nothing that I've talked about preparing is going to make you worthy. It's simply you, love's response to love, living in the life that will cause you to be ready when He comes. Um, And you won't be ashamed as you prepare uh, for His coming. The Lord's table, the communion that we'll take in a moment reminds us and points us to the great wedding banquet, to, to when the bridegroom brings us into his presence to deal with everything that comes between us and God, uh, to, to bring us into eternal communion in his presence. And the whole church is the bride of Christ. I've emphasised the challenge to you individually as part of the bride of Christ to live a life that is honouring and pleasing to God, love's response to love in every decision that you make. Think of the love of Christ, the grace of God and what He has done and do what you would want to do in uh, response to that, to honour Him. The church in Corinth, if you like, begins by saying how love they are but in practice they were a very ugly bride. They were, in the name of grace, justifying uh, sins that even unbelievers would say were uh, horrific, um, and uh, I won't name those things. Or the children in here this morning, um, they they were divided between, you know, they had people that uh, some said I follow Apollos, some I Paul, some say I probably with great pride. Well, I only great pride I only followed Jesus. Well they were just dividing over all these allegiances to personalities, to people they thought had the anointing. Uh, Paul talked about the super apostles who, uh, you know, he'd come with them. He said he nearly died from sickness when he came and preached the power of the gospel for their salvation. Had super apostles who probably talked to everything and made it sound like they were the only ones who could do miracles or whatever. And there was all this division between the people in the church Uh, They were divided about the rich and the poor. And what I'm going to read in a moment was in the context of Paul rebuking the church because of the, the, um, the stain, if you like, on their gathering as a church, as the bride of Christ. The rich were coming and eating and... Um, even getting drunk, it says, uh, as Baptists, that seems a bit strange. But um, uh, maybe not these days. But, uh, but then the poor were going home hungry. And uh, Paul rebukes them and says, this does not reflect Christ. This is not what he would want to come for. This isn't what you should be like as the body of Christ. And then he says, as he rebukes them, he says, for I received from the Lord, this is what, um, uh, what I passed on to you, the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, Um, uh, took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me and here's the key words for this morning for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes until the bridegroom comes to bring you back. You are proclaiming the Lord's death. You are proclaiming His love for you. You are proclaiming His love for all of humanity until He comes for you as His bride. And this morning, as we receive the bread and the cup, I want us to remember the price that was paid, the love that was shown by the living God for you to claim you as His bride. Remember the covenant relationship, that you belong to Him. You are, if you like, As good as married, but the bride, the wedding banquet hasn't occurred and we're not in heaven where everything's perfect yet. But remember that you are in a covenant relationship with the living God. And we look forward, remember that you look forward to the eternal banquet when everything will be put right and you are invited. Right now as an engaged couple, enjoy each other's love and do all they can to show their love for each other and they look forward to their wedding. They enjoy intimacy and closeness and Uh, friendship and relationship, so too um, we as the bride of Christ, we know an intimacy with God. There's a sense in which we see through a glass darkly, but we deep down, we have the witness of the spirit within us that we are the children of God. It says in Romans, Spirit bears witness with we, with our spirit, that we are the children of God, and remember that, uh, that intimacy and communion that God wants to have with you. So I invite you, um, and I'll pray before you move over to receive the bread and the cup. And just as you receive the bread and the cup, we've. Um, This morning, we're using little uh, cups that have a a wafer and the juice all in one unit. Some people were worried that we are creating waste. Well, I want you to know, not only did we throw away the cups that we used to use, but we had to throw away all the ones we didn't use that we'd filled up. So some people were concerned about the waste of using these cups, but it certainly helps a lot in preparation and in the COVID situation. Um, But if you peel off the clear paper on top, Your wafer will be there for you, and then the second silver one. Um, and then you'll be able to drink the wine and um, so encourage you uh, the gluten free is at the back if you need that but for others then the opportunity is to come and receive the cup let me pray and then we'll move over um, and uh, the band will play quietly as you receive the bread and cup and remember the bridegroom who is coming and what God is saying to you about being prepared uh, for his coming Father we thank you that you are our bridegroom thank you that you've made us your your own that we look forward to that day of the wedding banquet where we celebrate for all of eternity with you where we live in intimate communion that can never be broken we ask father that as we receive the bread and the cup remember the great love that you've shown to us in the person of Jesus in giving your life and shedding your blood for us uh, for our cleansing to make us uh, ready for the wedding banquet father may we find fresh joy a fresh Uh, motivation to uh, let love's response to love shape our lives as we live to honour and glorify you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you feel ready, just move quietly over and uh, receive the bread and the cup uh, and then the team will lead us as we continue together. You've been listening to a sermon from Hills Baptist Church. To find out more or to hear other great content, find us at hillsbaptist.com or on your podcast app.